Welcome back to Foster Adopt Minnesota's Let's Talk, a podcast that brings you valuable resources for prospective and current adoptive and foster families as well as professionals. My name is Sunny and I am an education coordinator here at Foster Adopt Minnesota. And I'm Chris, also an education coordinator here at Foster Adopt Minnesota. Today we are having a conversation with Tom Ewald and Joe Tom. Tom and Joe have been partners for 33 years. Eight years ago, they adopted their son, John, and have been navigating the joys and challenges of raising a child with a trauma history. In honor of Pride Month, we are grateful to have you both with us today, and um, we just welcome your perspective. So welcome. Thank Thank you. you. In honor of Pride Month, it's nice to be here. (laughs) Okay, great. All right, so let's get going. So would you please give the listeners a synopsis of the adoption story? Oof, duh. Sure. Um, So as you mentioned, it started about eight years ago. Um, And before that, um, Tom was actually working as associate pastor, and we were at what called at the time an all-church retreat. And so we were um, at this particular retreat, and I think mentioned, you know, we were thinking about adoption, and so started talking to people. No, what happened? It was worse than that. It was, so we're at breakfast and I remember it was uh, who it was. It was, um, I don't remember their names anymore. Uh, And they said, um, Tom and Joe, you guys should have kids. And I said, no, we are past that. And (laughs) Joe said, no, we actually haven't (laughs) talked about being past that. So it went, yeah, I was really in the hall. Yeah. So we, you know, we sort of, we talked about it and and thought, you know, it. We were sort of at a place in our lives that it it, it made sense. Uh, you know, we had actually just bought a new house um, in Golden Valley, um, and we went from a townhouse to a very large house in Golden Valley, and thought, huh, we got an awful lot of bedrooms. <laughs> we should do something with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, we. Um, uh, we we started the process and uh, we went through Children's Home Society um, over in St. Paul. And um, by that particular um, event where we sort of kicked the process off was in February. And we, by the time we came back, we kicked it off, did the um, uh, paperwork, uh, got our I even forget what is profile going. Mm-hmm. Um, the two day class we did in April, um, and we were sort of ready to go and start looking for placements by I think it was early summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and by fall, um, we were getting matched with John, who um, became our son. And in fact, by November of that year, we were introduced over Thanksgiving weekend and he moved in with us, um, right before Christmas of that year. And so it, it was, it was fast. It was fast. It is fast. Well, <laughs> it was, you know, I spaced it out the whole idea of having a kid, but once you lit the fire, you know, it was so, I remember calling children's home because as a gay person, I just assumed we couldn't use their services. 
but that they would be good enough to direct us somewhere. And I was just absolutely flabbergasted that they're like, yeah, this is, this is a place for you. And uh, they just gave us these tasks to do and it's just nail them, nail them, nail them. Cause we had the discussion on the way back from this retreat and we made a list of everything that would be difficult, bad, or unlikable about adopting slash having a kid. And uh, I mean, we really, really wrenched out a lot of unlikable things and decided that uh, they were still uh, okay uh, compared to having a kid or trying that. So we really went to tone on it. Now, I would say for the listeners, um, particularly new parents who've just been placed with it, uh, within about a month, we figured out we didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you would, we'd, Tom in particular spent the summer reading books. Yeah. He read lots of books, yeah. um, some of which were kind of scary because yeah. you read all these, these books and all of a sudden you have a person. And the thing, you know, um, and as much as you can plan and prepare, every kid is different, just like every one of us is different. So um, that is not unusual. And uh, we, you know, for the first couple of years, we um, found it really beneficial to join um, a support group of adopted parents. I highly recommend that. Mm -hmm. And, and it does two things for us. One is it was a resource to learn things from other parents, some further along in the process, some younger in the process. But I think what you know meant the most to me at least is um, you were having shared experiences. Because I think one of the things um, for adoptive families is it's not the same. Um, and you shouldn't try to make it the same. It's different. Mm -hmm. And and so I think having, you know, people around you that have a shared experience that you you share your highs and your lows and and, uh, you know, help help the strategy along the way. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, can we back up a little bit to that conversation where you discussed the, the bad and the difficult? Yeah. Um, can, can you give us a few examples that you might be willing to share? Yeah, I, uh, uh, A, uh, you know, we were uh, about 48, I think. Yeah, that yeah. sounds about right. Yeah, and, and so we had, you know, we had really established our lives as individuals and we knew enough. No, we didn't know enough. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, um, but we, we thought, well, this could... Uh, not as individuals, but as a couple. And so we thought, well, one thing we really love doing is traveling. This could mean no traveling. Um, I don't, you know, I can't remember because I'll tell you the truth. The real learning experience was the two-day class. Um, and so I bet, yeah, if we ever found that list, it would be like really jejun stuff. The, the, the challenge with having taken the two-day class, then it's like all these possible things that could be facing you. Uh, so read these books. And, uh, and that was a decision making process for us is at what point could we ex expect, you know, 
ourselves to rise to the occasion because we knew that we would have a kid coming out of some distress and some trauma. And at what level can we, would we be able to do that? And now one thing I do remember going back to that is I think as I think you were sort of getting at, which is you realize all of a sudden your life is going to be different. Yes. Period. Yeah. And, you know, you don't know exactly what it's going to look like. Right. Um, and that, um, and I think that was, and, and like Tom said, you know, we had sort of a pretty, um, had, had established, you know, sort of, uh, pretty root, root routine yeah. and, and bringing somebody new into it. Um, and the other thing, you know, as you go through it, it, I always describe it as it's my only all in, it's, it's one of the few all in decisions you make in your life. In other words, once you make this decision, you can't go back, you know, what you're in, you know, yeah. no matter what happens, um, you know, this is, this is a lifetime decision. Yep. And I think that first list was probably along the lines of our time won't be our own. We won't have, you know, we won't have Netflix time. We won't have, well, they didn't have Netflix back then probably. Uh, but, you know. Maybe the, just the DVD. Just, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and so it would have been stuff like that probably, but, um, uh, it's, then you get into the, you know, what is it that you can, that you can manage? Um, and, and even that you don't know, they, I remember a question on there, uh, being, would you be willing to accept a gift and talented, uh, child? And I thought, well, I mean, what, of course, but then I thought about it and thought, no, you know, that's, it is hard to marshal a kid's talent, uh, no matter what their talent level is. And I don't know if we, we probably put yes. Well, I think what he's getting, there is, you know, one of the other things that in you know, the adopted process is all these things you're supposed to say, you know, I can do this. I can't do that. You know, um, and I look back at that. Um, and as much as I get how that's in the process, mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you really don't know, um, until you do it. And I, the thing I think we've really learned is, you know, what, what comes your way, you rise to the challenge. Yeah. Um, and there has been, you know, I think challenges, um, and, and lots of joys, yeah. uh, you know, the, I think the, um, challenges really face you at the front end of it. Um, and I know one of your questions there um, was, and I've really been thinking about this, um, you know, how do you make an adopted child feel belong? <laughs> that is a, that's a big question. Yeah. And, you know, the answer I came up with is, um, you know, we really sort of integrated him into our life. And as Tom mentioned, you know, we like to travel. So literally we got introduced to him and we had already bought a round trip ticket for him to Italy with us in the summer. <laughs> so, so it, it's, and it had to work out. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, the, so I think integrate them into your life. Um, you know, I remember particularly the first few years really sort of 
making an effort to do things that the child in, is interested in. So you can build that shared yeah. sort of, you know, that shared experience and, you know, finding the things where you both kind of get excited. Um, and, and, and slowly, um, you know, you sort of build that relational connectivity um, in, through those shared experiences. Yeah. And then under, underlying that is, you know, there's going to be the trauma element. And I think that was our biggest learning. Um, and we had uh, two great um, uh, shrinks alongside of us, Ann Garrity and, and Paul Buckley, who just kind of worked with us, um, not just with that integration, but kind of uh, how do you create an atmosphere for the kid to develop that sense of safety? And Joe and I both grew up in happy families, um, pretty traditional, um, pretty traditional families. And I, I'll speak for myself. I just figured what's wrong with, you know, parenting like my dad did. I turned out nice, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and it was just a whole different way of being. I mean, the, the, the things that we learn to just relax and accept um, the the language, the throwing, the kicking, um, in, in, instead of going into a punishment mode or a hold mode, or we had so much advice from other books, it was just really to create that atmosphere of calm, to be a notch more sane than our child in those moments. And I'll tell you, that paid off uh in spades over time yeah i i think and that i mean i think we've uh, now after eight years we've often said we look back at the first part of it and often sort of regret uh in some respects that we sort of handled it um in a more traditional way um particularly as a kid comes in i you know you know, there are times when you need to sort of set a boundary. Um, but I, I think I look and I look back and a lot of the energy just was around the fact that he didn't know um, what was going to happen. And so, you know, his actions was out of fear um, and experience. And as Tom said, is to, you know, learn to sort of you know, just instead of, you know, you know, when, when things get amped up instead of, you know, amping up with it and getting into arguments and getting, you know, is to, and this is one of the things Anne really taught us to do is bring it down mm -hmm. is to help him regulate. Um, yeah. And those were the things, you know, that really sort of helped, um, you know, start making that change and, and, and feeling that progress over time. Yeah, I would agree. And he, <laughs> he's, he's just sneaking by in the background. <laughs> hey, John. <laughs> so when you say um, the, the regulation, is that in contrast or how does that contrast with the traditional ways that you were talking about? I would, so, you know, for me, it was, um, it was a matter of not, you know, being the expert or the authority. It's more, uh, you know, as a parent, it's more 
working and it's an ongoing process to create that environment where he can relax and be himself. And, and, you know, the, if you look at kids coming out of trauma backgrounds, it's just, everything's so reactive and, and, you know, inadvertently I was poking it, you know, by, by trying to provide that structure. I mean, we don't have any big horror stories about this, but it's just, it's, it, it was, you know, I look back and I go, oh, we could have shaved six months off the process. You know what I mean? You get a little crazy like that uh, if I had only. And and I would say the other part about integrating is, you know, being willing to change yourself. So the homeostasis, uh, the 25 cent word, you know, is being willing to just kind of ride that craziness, you know, as everybody changes and and then to come out a little bit different. And we would run into people at the at the support groups who were just looking. And, you know, they're like, here's what we like to do. Here's what we do for a living. And that's our non-negotiable. We'd like to add a kid on top of that. And it's like, it, it isn't. It's first the kid blows the joint up and then you rebuild, you know, and it's wonderful. Um, or it has been for us. Yeah, yeah. I, and that's, I think, the flexibility, and I think that's uniform from probably all parents, is that, you know, you, you know, you got a flexible to the, you've got an individual in your house um, who has interests, and, and you got to be, you got to be flexible. Um, and, you know, uh, we used to be, you know, um, pretty rigid, um, I think, I think the best thing it did for me is I got less rigid, mm-hmm. you know, you can get in your own rigidity, but I learned to be less rigid. And, you know, to me, that was, you know, a huge development personally is just to, to become less rigid, to be more flexible, yeah. um, you know, to be open. I think that's, you know, being open, um, and trying to, you know, um, you know, one of the things, I, you know, you look at a, a kid's behavior and, and this is, you know, I think one of the challenges we faced, and I, I don't think this is particularly, well, going to support groups isn't particularly uncommon, is usually where um, there's a fair amount of stress is when it comes to school. Because, um, um, you know, a lot of the kids struggle at school, whether it's academically, emotionally. And school was not a good place. That was that was a very punitive environment and inflexible. And so a lot of the the bumps along the way is sort of working with the, the various schools and yeah. and finding the right spot, finding a place where I think, you know, one of the things I learned is don't assume that behavior that you know is is bad behavior, it's coming out in a way, trying to figure out what, what's going on there. You know, that's, you know, to me for kids that, you know, coming out of that is trying to understand why they're reacting in the way they are and try to support them and find them, hopefully find a path that, you know, is, um, you know, is a better one for expressing yourself and, and trying to get, you know, your needs met um, different from how you might have experienced it earlier in life. Yeah. 
That's and a so, really solid point and to really have people chew on a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, the, the Remember that they are not their behavior, that it's coming from a place of trauma. And yeah. I think a lot of adoptive parents lose sight of that because all, they're, they're just stuck in their amygdala right now. Yeah. And, and for me, you know, as a parent, the, the, the most useful tool was to have that iceberg uh, graphic. If you've seen that with, you know, anger is over the surface and then all the things below it. And I, you know, I remember the high school special ed person said to me, oh, he's so angry. And, and I said to her, I mean, I was like, well, no, he's not. I mean, he's, yes, he's angry appearing, but he's this, this, this. And I thought that is such a basic concept. Uh, and, and like Joe said, we had to work with people through this, um, uh, through the schools and, and really get intertwined. And I think if we were to look at, you know, our experience as gay adoptive parents, one, you know, blessing that we had was being in the Twin Cities. And so all these people we crossed swords with or got along with or whatever, at least weren't uh, negating us as parents. And that was one of my fears uh, going into this with John was he's coming to us with every disadvantage a human being could have just about at 10. Um, and just because I'm happy with who I am, uh, doesn't mean that uh, I am in a position where I can hurt a child's future if that's going to stand in his way. I mean, that's the thinking I did. It's not very uh, I enlightened or whatever, but it was I was worried that uh, we would hold him back because he would be in school as a gay person's child. And, uh, and would we be able to communicate with teachers? Would we be able to communicate with coaches and all that? And we just were very fortunate that, like I say, even when we weren't getting along uh, or agreeing, uh, that just wasn't something we felt was in the mix. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a societal shift, yeah. right? Um, it's interesting because the year in which we adopted John was, was the year right after um, same-sex marriage was legalized. So it was at that point in time, and I think the point that, you know, geographically, you know, your community you live in makes a huge difference for, you know, same-sex couples who adopt because, you know, um, I, I never really found um, quite, you know, uh, anything that, you know, was, we weren't accepted as no, as parents i really racked my brains trying to think of yeah. even it, like there wasn't even an awkward school assignment or um and and i know this isn't the, the i know this isn't everybody's experience but um you know and we talked i think that being said i do think you know you, you can't pretend that it it it's going to have no effect either whether he john was you know if i called him down here have you ever not like the fact that you have, you know, two dads, uh, he'll say no, but just knowing there has been circumstances where it, 
yeah. made him feel uncomfortable. And but um, I would say, yeah. I and would... I think, you know, I, you 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 know, and you know, that can be okay. You know, there's um, and I look back as a kid, and you know, there's things about you know, my my father and mother that sometimes <laughs> You know, you like, <laughs> don't like your parents, yeah. you know, <laughs> and and I think when you have a same sex couple, you know, when you're sort of, you know, like, oh, I like the cookie cutter family over here. Um, it's easier to point out why you're why it's different. Yeah. But, you know, I think that that difference is just something you can point at. But I, as a kid, remember you know, having the same thoughts only for different reasons. Yeah. Um, and, and I think for John, you know, he, the settings he had been in and, you know, with quote unquote good families, it had really scratched the record for him on what uh, family meant. Uh, so he didn't come into this needing a mom, dad, uh, siblings. He had had that and it went pear-shaped for him. And um, the 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 um they they said that when they asked him if he'd be okay with two dads he went uh, oh excellent <laughs> well well wait for it <laughs> no women to boss us around <laughs> <laughs> and uh and you know i think that and you know he's he's just the way that the it, we're, we're not 100% happy with the education experience he had down here. Um, but I think the benefit that it did was he was a little bit of an outsider and just being bounced around to, you know, different settings. And I think he just naturally, you know, he came from a pretty traditional background and has adapted very well. And we're, we're pretty traditional, but I, what I mean is to incorporate you know, all sorts of developments. Well, the other, you know, this is probably maybe a slight switch in, switch in topic, but, you know, you know, when you're thinking about the other thing, I don't think this is uncommon is, but particularly when you do foster adopt is kids have come and they've had, you know, they have a history. Um, you know, one of the, and one of the things that, you know, personal opinion is, I think there's, I think there's a, a lot of, um, you know, and uh, overuse of psych psychiatric diagnoses, not to say that you, that there's bonafide, but he came with Oofta. an old person's pillbox and, um, you know, and, you know, we followed the protocols we you know continued on but over time mm -hmm. um you know recognizing and some of it was um you know people you know is going out so one of the things we did a uh, a neuropsych and um i forget what her name was you worked with her friend. nancy nancy but we went through this process and you know did and things like that and she said you know i you know, like ADHD, it's not unusual for kids coming out of foster care and trauma backgrounds to exhibit ADHD yeah. behaviors and often get prescribed ADHD meds. 
He did. Yeah. And he was on two amphetamines. And I mean, you go on two amphetamines for 24 hours and give me a call. (laughs) And, you know, (laughs) apparently if you don't have ADHD, it does the opposite. It amps you up. Yeah. Instead of bring you in. Yeah. And so, you know, we, um, you know, I think that was the first thing that we sort of. It took us a couple of years, though. It took us a couple of years. And, you know, yeah, I think, how do you wean off of that too? Well, we didn't. don't, we didn't. So we, we were <laughs> stupid. So this is bad parenting. What a, this, is a yeah, this, so, this is B-roll stuff. <laughs> so this would be, um, um, don't consult with the psychiatrist. Just stop. And he was just, I don't, I, he was just, and then we like looked after about two weeks, like, oh my God. This is withdrawal. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. We didn't realize what we were doing. We didn't understand the strength of these drugs. And, and we had gotten to the point where we're like, well, they must not be doing anything because he's acting like a teenager. And uh, and there was just something where it was a couple days and we're like, hey, what if we just pushed it a couple more, a couple more? And then, you know, th- then we both remember the moment we saw him laying on the couch and we're like, Oh my God, that's withdrawal, but let's go through it. And, uh, and he has just never been better, you know, and we're, we're rah-rah medication. I I, I don't want to be, yeah, that's the thing. I don't want to tell people that medications are, you know, not a good idea, but also be careful of the, and I always, this is true for a lot of professions, you know, so if I, if I ask, a roofer, if I need a new roof, you know what the answer is. I need a new roof. It's kind of like you go into a psychiatrist, you present a problem, they have a pill to fix it. So I think, you know, you just have to, you know, um, and and don't do anything radical. If you're going to take a kid off um, amphetamines, do it slowly with, <laughs> with, with, with the doctor's help. But, you know, I think, you know, it's getting to know the kid, getting to know um, you know, those things and, and, you know, um, and, you know, he went from like we say a a huge pillbox to none. Yeah. He's done nothing. And, um, not to say none of it did any good, but I'm, you know, in retrospect, you know, the, the, the particular diagnosis he's had, um, you know, I think they were treating symptoms of something else. Um, and I think, you know, that, and I think that's an easy path to go down, um, and a hard path, um, you know, to come back out of. Yeah. All right. So we've heard a lot about, you know, being advocate for youth, um, your kind of learning experience from being new parents and how you, you know, read a lot of books tried a lot of things, trial and error, maybe, which are good and bad. (laughs) Um, But what would be like one solid word of advice or something you would want new adoptive parents through foster care to know? Uh, I think that the best piece of advice you can get for conceptualizing the work ahead of you, and I mean the work, whatever you want to call it, um, is just to have a good understanding, not a scholarly understanding, but just a good understanding of attachment. And 
and you can get caught in the woods with you know types and all that but it really comes down to understanding um i think your style your personal attachment style and your kids attachment style your spouse's attachment style and uh and that's if you can get kind of a, a feel for that before you have the kid so how that works in your relationship or with your current kids um then i think you're gonna be set up to do real well it's just can you be a good um supple welcoming uh place uh for this person coming into the uh coming into the family yeah i, I think i'd agree with that and it's john and i had for a long time i used to say is all I want, John, is you to feel safe and secure. And, and so he, we, I had this sort of mantra of that in lots of different circumstances. And, and he'd go, Papa, yeah, I know. You just want me to feel safe and secure. <laughs> and, you know, I think it's those, and that doesn't take a day. That doesn't take a week. It doesn't take a month. It takes a long time. And that's the thing I would say to people, I think, most is that, um, this isn't a mar this is not a sprint it's a marathon um, I've run 12 and and I'd only reverse it the other way is the hardest the hardest part of it is is the first four yeah. miles yeah. not not the next 22 yeah. and so I think you will have hard times that's just what will happen yeah. you will find yourself feeling um you know, a little lost um, and wondering how the world will look. But I guarantee you that each day is a little progress. Yeah. And I remember, and I don't remember when this happened, but all of a sudden I woke up one day and we were connected as a family. Yeah. I mean, we really, you know, you just, you, 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 it had happened, it, but it happened so very slowly and so very gradually. So I encourage people to recognize it, there will be hard times, but also as you progress forward, look back and recognize and, and celebrate the progress because it does happen. And sometimes it, it's, it's the first four miles that, that, you know, it's uh, you're against the wall. Yeah, and uh, that kicked our butt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, and I think we said how things happen so quickly from your, when you wanted to adopt and had that breakfast yeah. with people at church, but I mean, really it was like nine months, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think, as we understand it, fairly unusual. Uh, yeah. And you're doing it biologically. Yeah. Then it's... But yeah. I mean, look at the nine months. <laughs> or or you have um, <laughs> Tom who, who will put together a plan and set dates I and did. be very rigid about getting it done. I did. I'll <laughs> tell you, don't put an idea in my head like that. And <laughs> it was like, and it was, just, you know, and it's, you think about because it, it's literally, and both of us will say this, even though. You know, we've been together 33 years, so obviously we regard each other highly. Um, but John is the best thing that happened yeah. to either one of us. And and I mean, all that took was one person saying that. I mean, it's amazing how much turns on just a simple thing like that. Because no, we didn't. We weren't talking about it. Yeah. And the other thing I do is, 
you know, we, like I said, we went to a lot of support groups and, yeah. and, you know, John was 10 and, and part of the strategy was there as we were in our latter forties. And so um, when we sort of, we, we actually intentionally pick kids a little bit older um, because, you know, sort of fit in with our, you know, so, you know, sort of on the own chronological thing. Yeah. And I think, you know, just going through a lot of support groups and and the process, people tend to be trepidatious about older kids. Yeah. But one of the things I learned in the support groups is is it's not an, an older kid isn't necessarily harder. It's different. Yeah. And because in and I think any child who probably goes through adoption, how they experience it changes in different ages. Yeah. So how I might've reacted as a child is different. And even if I was been adopted at a young age, how I react to it changes when I'm a teenager. Yeah. So as you get older and you go through those phases of life, I think you also have to keep in mind, you know, how that, that adoptish, you know, for the child, the adoption piece interplays with that part of life. Yeah. And so even if you think they're you know, perfectly, you know, um, got it down. Um, it, you'll find that as you go through different phases, it, it, it influences yeah. it and it has an impact. The, the, I think picking off a of Joe's thing, if I were to pick one thing that I would maybe want to advocate for, advocate for, uh, it's, you know, quote unquote, older child adoption. I mean, he was 10, you know, which is, um, but what a, I can see where that's scary for some people. And it was for us um, to have all that experience. You'd like to have somebody that you perceive as a blank slate, and, but they're not. Um, and, you know, the richness of what he brings with uh, has really enhanced our family. So his background, you know, there's a lot of negative in there, obviously, but there's so much positive uh and i've really enjoyed that part of him and so if you're worried you're not going to get your money's worth on a full you know zero to 15 <laughs> well do what we're doing just make it 10 to whenever you know? <laughs> uh, but it's you, you really do get to pick up on you know they remember the first time they did things and it doesn't matter that I wasn't there. It's fun to hear about the first time you rode a bike or, you know, could pick out stars or something like that. Well, you have those moments together too. Like, Hey, you maybe rode your bike on your own, but now this is the first time you rode your bike with us, you know, yes. you still, have those, yes. still have those first together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I would say if anybody's ever worried about that, it's a, it's a real great way, especially for coming at it with a little bit of experience yourself as far as years. So in your forties and such, you know, it just works and don't I be love afraid. It. That is so wise because I was adopted as an infant and that's not without its issues either. So well, I it's interesting you say that because one of the examples we had is one of the first support groups we went to is this was early on. It was actually a support group and it was all people who had adopted infants from different countries. And I don't know how we ended up going to it, but we were looking for yeah. a support group. But the interesting thing is 
it's spot on. It, it a lot of the same things that happen. Yeah. You don't have maybe the trauma piece, what? but the whole attachment and who I am yeah. and how do I fit in and all of those other things. Well, the trauma, the trauma is there. It's just how it manifests itself. But people were sharing stories that were familiar. Yeah. I mean, we had a kid from the, uh, you know, the Iron Range area. Uh, and this is, these were kids from overseas. And it was like, same issues. You know, they're perennials. Yeah. And that's yes. why I think attachment is a good starting point for whatever it is, whatever challenge the kid may have when they come to you. If you can just understand becoming this accepting space for them and not like, you know, crazy accepting that you get walked on, but some days you do. Uh, <laughs> but, but I mean, purposefully, mindfully accepting so that they can kind of let go of the reactivity and get back out, you know, out of the reptilian mind and, you know, into a thinking mind. So well, that's very wise. Thank you so much. Oh well, yeah. Thank you, Sunny. How about you, Chris? You have anything else to add or? No, I just want to thank you for spending your part of your day with us and, oh. and passing along all that great advice. And yeah. it's just good to hear from two dads. Well, we can talk about them all day, so. <laughs> we have plenty of other podcasts to, you know, we'll go down the road. <laughs> thank you. All right. All right. Thank you, yeah. guys. Thank you so much for joining us today for Let's Talk. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to our podcast and tune in again soon.